Commerce and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I am the father of five human kids, five organic humans, and inside the box that rocks, typically we are joined here with Dr. Robert Zellner as we as we bring to you business school without the BS. But today, he is out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire, um, undoubtedly celebrating his 53rd year on the planet. So, Dr. Z, happy birthday to you. We cannot wait for you to return. But on today's show, we're going to be talking about the battle within. Have you, have you ever found yourself where you know what to do and you just don't do it? Have you ever thought about, you know, this junk drawer has gotten out of hand. I've got, a, I've got batteries in there. I've got uh, a staples. I've got a, I've got a manual, for crying out loud, to a VCR. And I don't even have a VCR. And I've got a remote, one of those universal remotes. I got all fired up to buy it, and I've never set it up. And I've got the, 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 the iPad, the iPad, but it's like, it's kind of a broken iPad. I'm going to fix it, but you haven't, so it's been about three years. And then you've got like an iPhone that you're not going to trade in or throw. You just got all this stuff, and it all represents all this clutter and undone stuff. Well, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs have the undone stuff in their head. And so what happens is they're battling, they have this, this battle internally every day of, okay, uh, now that I know what to do, am I going to do it? And so we're going to talk about how to fight through uh, that inner struggle on a daily basis to go from being a happy hoper where you say, I hope things turn out all right, to somebody who's a diligent doer where you say, I'm going to do what I can do, I'm going to do my best and forget the rest. But before we do that, Eric Chupp uh, is a business coach. He does a fine job with our Thrive clients. And you have some questions coming in hot from the Thrive Nation there, Eric Chupp. So I, I break do. it down. I do. How are you today, Clay? How are I, you, man? I am doing excellent, man. This weekend, you know, search engine reports everywhere. Just I, I was getting emails from you, like, all weekend. <laughs> Dude, search engine reports is the only thing in my life I can't currently delegate. That and, I guess, doing the radio show. And it's about a 24-hour project, and I do it on every Saturday and Sunday, the final week of the, the month. And it is just soul sucking but it feels so but you good. celebrate the way when we get, oh yeah we get oh. ryan myers outlaw customs is now uh, coming up top in google absolutely thank you google google and i'm seeing paul hood with a uh, hood cpa sir you're starting to move up the google it's, it's exciting to see the progress but the reports are terrible well the google machine is exciting I'm excited about that excited machine. Excited about the Google machine. Yeah. Paul, you probably feel the same way when you're doing like audits with a client or end-of-the-year taxes. When's the time of year where your head explodes as an accountant, where you're like, oh, my gosh, when's it going to end? When's that time of the year? Well, it's right about April 14th when you just <laughs> feel like I can't take another step. I can't have another thought uh, oh. come in my head. Unbelievable. Okay, now, Derek, what business coach questions do you have today? All right, my here friend? we go. Um, Wanted to get your take on on what what somebody should do to enhance their uh, landing page if they're running like Facebook ads, getting a lot of people to the page, getting a lot of clicks, getting a lot, of, but not a lot of conversions. So just want to get your take on what items need to be on that landing page and what's the best way to get people to convert and fill out those forms or give you a call. Well, I have uh, a bunch of questions for you so I can fully understand this here. So let's do it. Um, talk to me about this. It, it, does a person have an offer that makes sense, or is the, is the offer? Not, and we don't ever want to throw a client under the bus, huh? But does the offer make sense? It's a good offer. It's a good offer. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't think you would mind us talking about it. It's Dr. J. 
Dr. J. He's getting. He's got uh, the the one dollar first session. You get an X ray. You get an uh, uh, analysis and an hour massage. How long is it? A, a one hour massage. And how much does it cost? A dollar. And how many people per week are filling out that form? So he's getting one to three every week, getting about 50, 40 to fifty clicks every week. Okay, so how to convert more um, website traffic into into actual leads? Actual is, leads, yeah. Okay. And then actually engaging with those leads. So uh, the leads that we're getting, he said, they're 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 calling, 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 having a real hard time getting a hold of them. Okay, well let's do this. I'm going to go ahead and put a link to the landing page on today's show notes. Let's do it. But Thrive Nation, if you're listening right now and you're able to get access to a computer. Is he saying that I should use a computer while I'm driving? No, no, no. You can't text and drive, and you certainly can't optimize a landing page while driving. But if you do go to landing.tulsaoilers.com, there you can see the perfect landing page. And that's, Chuck, this is as good as it gets. Right. So, um, one, they have a clear call to action at the top, a clear offer. And their offer is it's a dollar for the first game or season tickets for just $17 a month. That's, that's the offer. The offer has to be a no-brainer. It has to make sense. It has to be aggressive. Um, Shawhomes.com. Shawhomes.com. They have a great offer right now. If you just tour one of their homes, they give you tickets to go to the Warren Theater, the upscale movie theater, to go watch uh, a movie. You know, just, all, yeah. just for it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, uh, Joel David, if you walk into his showroom to schedule a uh, viewing session of a diamond, you're entered in for a chance to win, I believe, a $10,000 diamond right now. That's not bad. So it, you got to make a no-brainer. Then you have to have a clear form with your name, your phone number, your email. Gotcha. Uh, do you have that there? Does yes. he have this? Yep, yep, he's got it on there. Okay, does he have a video commercial on, on the page? I do not think there's currently a video okay, on you, the page. you got to have a video commercial. And the reason why you have to have a video commercial is that most people are on their smartphone, and the smartphone is making people dumb. So Psychology Today um, did research on this, and it's co- the, the article's called, Is Your Smartphone Making You Dumb? And what we found is that most people today don't read words right. when they're on a website. Scroll, scroll, they scroll. They don't read words. They look for icons in a video. So you've got to have a video. Gotcha. Does he have testimonial videos? Uh, no testimonial video. Maybe testimonial videos. Can't remember. I can't remember. To he honest. has to have testimonial videos. So one, he has to have a commercial video. Gotcha. And then he has to have testimonial videos. Okay. Okay. And then beyond that, as many testimonials as he can have text-wise, that's what he just needs. Just loaded up. Just so he needs an offer, there. a form, a video that makes sense, a testimonial video, and as many testimonials as possible. Got it. Making sense? Yep. And that'll yep. increase. Now, once that happens, this is the thing that's, that, that's an outstanding phenomenon, and I'm going to ask Ryan Myers if you can relate. Now, Ryan, we're not talking about your family. We're just talking about humans, and not even humans you know. It's just humans that I know. Sure. Hypothetically, have you ever met somebody who has said, call me, and you call them, and then they don't call you back, and then you text them, and they don't call you back, but they're the ones who said, call me. Yeah, yeah, I love when that happens. It's very sincere, and uh, appreciate those people very much. Okay, so as an example, um, just a fun example here. I'll give you some just recent new ones that just came in. Um, recently, we had a, a member of our, our team that said, hey, please call me on the way home. I said, I'll do it, you know? So I pick up the phone, and I call the number. Well, they've got this fancy little this move where if you call, it automatically sends all calls to voicemail. And then if you call again, you can get Marshall. <laughs> That's awesome. But if you call the first time, it automatically goes to voicemail so he can have uh, more time freedom. Oh, sure. So I know that. So I call Marshall twice. I get him on the phone. Boom. <laughs> but he's expecting my call. But if I didn't know that, I would not have left the voicemail. Right. I would send him a text. Now, if you send me a text and it's Friday night through Sunday, my phone's off. I just turn my phone off all weekend and no matter what the situation is, it's off. And so 
if I left him a voicemail, he wouldn't reach me, and now we would have missed each other by three days. And so when you're calling your leads, uh, for Elephant in the Room, that's one of our companies, we average right now between seven to ten attempts to call and text the person before we reach them. That's a big thing to help people understand is, like, people aren't going to answer the phone the first time you call them. And they don't, if they don't recognize the number, some people will never answer the phone. Right. So you got to call and text, call and text, until they all cry, buy, or die. That's what, the what move. What was that? They do- you got to call and text, call and text, until they all cry, buy, or die. Mm. you got to emotionally disconnect, just absolutely light people up. If they filled out the form, just light them up there. Right. It's like, remember Saddam Hussein? Remember the whole, Ryan, do you remember watching uh, Desert Storm? Uh, I do, yes. And it's like, there's the, you can see the green tracers. Yeah. Where we're just blasting Saddam Hussein. Yep. That's how you got to call your leads. Just all out war. Because they filled out the form. I mean, it's like, you just got to unload. Now, Chuck, do you have any business coach question today? That was it. That was it. Really? Yeah. Just everybody's everybody's rocking and rolling. Well, if it's fine with you, we're going to get into the show now. All we're right, going to get into it. the show I, here. I, okay? I, I, that sounds good. So this this first big concept I want to put in your head is there's two brains that everybody has. There's two parts of your head. Okay. The first part is the precortex. What are you talking about? Precortex. Look it up. It's part of your brain, and it's the part of your brain that helps you make uh, decisions. Okay. It's it's the part. It's the it's called the prefrontal cortex. And it basically helps us uh, make a plan. It's what helps us realize that, hey, I want to go to college. Therefore, I need to, step one, apply for financial aid. Two, apply for the university. Three, you know, it helps you break down the steps. Now, the second part of the brain is the subconscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind is the part of the mind that rules almost everybody all the time if you're not intense. Is this the reptile brain? Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, some, some people call it the croc brain. Croc brain, right. Um, I would just give you an example. Is um, for, for me, for eating, I know what I should eat, and I know what I shouldn't eat. So I know that if I do anything up and down the river walk, pretty much, <laughs> it's going to be um, cooked with, uh, step one, lots of butter. Mm. Uh, step two, we'll have some bread to go with the butter. And step three, if you eat meat, wheat, or sweets, you're going to gain weight. If you eat meat, wheat, or sweets, you're going to gain weight. I, I, I know these things. Right. Now, the issue is not knowing what to do. The issue is choosing to do it or not. But it's meat, hard wheat, sometimes. Or, right. So we have this thing where, Chuck, you've been helping me out here, but we automate the meal when the meals, the only thing I can eat is in the fridge. Yeah. It works better. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, so I know what to do, but subconsciously there's this big pull to just have whatever feels good. So I want to ask you this, Paul, with clients, when you're helping them do their accounting, what percentage of the time does a client have their financial uh, numbers in order? The, what, what percentage of the time do they have their, their financial uh, uh, house in order before you, I mean, when you first meet them, what, what percentage of the time do they have all their finances together, typically? Oh, I'd say probably less than 1% of the time. A lot of times they don't even know what having their finances in order means. Um, and by the way, for the back to the lunch comment, yeah. I, I just had a ice cream sundae with Butterfingers. Oh, your and subconscious M&Ms. mind is taking over. Actually, yeah. no, I think it is. You, you, you work out a lot. So this is like your cheat day. Is that what you're doing? Or is this your cheat week, your cheat month? Cheat year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But cheer, you, the cheer. cheer, yeah, cheer the I, cheat I'm year. kind of an exercise bulimic. So I just eat whatever I want and then just exercise like crazy. So you, you work out so you can eat what you want. That's your move. Exactly. Nice. Okay. So here's the deal. So you meet with a client. They don't know what to do with their finances. Right. And you help them. Correct. Then once people know the path, what percentage of those people just passively, aggressively choose not to do it? Well, uh, They won't uh, get the receipts. If, if, they won't do the stuff. Right. It, it depends on if, if they don't have the mental 
strength to hold themselves accountable or they don't allow us to hold themselves accountable, I'd say maybe 10% follow through. 10%. 10%. And the 10%, I've, I've seen big wins with these people, but they have Huge. to do it. Yeah. So here's the thing, Thrive Nation. I would encourage you, if we're talking about finances, I would encourage you to automate your finances. Uh, make a decision one time to save and have it just auto-drafted out of your account. Uh, d- do that. I mean, it's a move. Now, Paul, if someone wants to meet with you and do a one-on-one consultation, how do they get in touch with you? And what's, what is the giveaway you're giving for all the listeners here today, my friend? Well, the giveaway is uh, back to your, your talking about automatic savings. And uh, Warren Buffett says you need to harness the power of uh, uh, compound interest yes. and dollar-cost averaging. And in, in his book, um, that's where he says it. And we're giving that book away, The Snowball. And all you got to do is send me an email at paul at hoodcpas.com, paul at hoodcpas.com. Give me your name, address, and phone number, and we'll get it right out to you. And uh, if you want to, we'll, we'll also get together and give you a free hour of our time to discuss whatever your, your needs might need. Now, Thrive need. Nation, here is a question I want you to ask yourself headed into the break. Uh, one is, why haven't I gone to Hood CPAs and filled out the form yet? No, but here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Are you, are you complicit in creating the conditions that you say you don't want. So again, how are you actually complicit? How are you um, responsible for creating the conditions in your life right now that you say you don't want? That sounds like a hard question. Well, I I think when you sit down and think about this, I do this often. It's, hey, this relationship that I'm not happy with, this business I'm not happy with, this something in my life I'm not happy with, is, is it my responsibility, or did it just randomly happen? Yeah. Well, you got to ask yourself the tough questions. Today we're talking about winning the battle within, the battle of your brain. My name's Clay Clark. You're listening to the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Stay tuned. Live, local, broadcasting from the center of the universe, it's the Thrive Time Show. Do you feel good tonight? Do you feel good tonight? One time. Welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And today we're talking about winning the battle within. Uh, this inner struggle between the diligent doer and the happy hoper within all of us. And, and here's, here's kind of the big, the big thought I want everyone to, to start with here. Is you have two parts of your head. Okay, there's the, there's the prefrontal cortex. And if you didn't have this, you would basically be ruled by desires, impulses, and lacking the ability to plan for the future or to think about the consequences of our actions. It would, you would be unable to process the concept of the law of cause and effect, which states that for, every, uh, you know, for everything that you do, there's a consequence, both good or bad. So here's an example. There's somebody listening to this show today, and you are being ruled by your subconscious mind. Now, your subconscious mind is the part of you where you make decisions without processing consequences. So let me just let me break it down, and I don't want to get too deep, but then I want to get Paul's take on this. So here's an example. If I touch a, uh, a, a something that's hot on the stove, we've all done that as a kid, we now, once you've done that once, you realize that if you, if you, it's, it's hot, so you don't want to have that short-term pain, so you, you don't want to do that. So, so it's, it's easy, it's logical for everybody listening to this show to not put your hand into a fire or to touch something that's steaming or hot for, for, to be safe. 
And here's another thing that I know to be true on a on a thoughtful, uh, very strategic, uh, very it's very very much so the prefrontal cortex kind of way. I know that if you have a bad employee in your office and you don't fire them, it ruins the culture for everybody. That's something I know to be true. I've seen it happen. I've read the books. I've studied the books. I've lived the life. So I know if you have a bad employee, one, it will spoil the bunch. But there's somebody listening to this show who says, well, I don't want to fire them because they're related. So because they're related, most, most businesses out there are small businesses. According to Forbes, 65% of businesses are small businesses. So you know, you, you know uh, on a deep level, you know strategically, yeah, I have to fire people that, that don't perform, but now they're related. Or now they've, they've been with you for five years. They're just such good people. Or they're a friend. Uh, another example, you know that if you save money, and with the current interest rate, about every seven to eight years, your money will double, right, Paul? If you put money into a mutual fund or something? That's right. So you know that Albert Einstein has said that the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. You know that Warren Buff, B- Buffett has talked about the importance of compound interest. But yet you're choosing to react and to not save. So, Paul, you're an accountant. And when people schedule a one-on-one consultation with you at Hood CPAs, Talk to me about this. Is it first education you're teaching them, you're educating them strategically, but then there's got to be that emotional part where they actually do it. Walk me through, how do you help your clients go from knowing what to do and not doing it? Because I think half the clients don't even know what to do. Maybe three quarters don't know what to do. I I certainly didn't when I first started my business. Um, Talk to me about how you educate someone on what to do and then how you actually help them do it. Well, we fight with, and it's really strange being a a CPA and accountant, it's actually... uh, a lot psychological. Uh, people spend what they have, so we teach people to pay themselves first, to save before they get their paycheck. Whether you're an employee, put it in a 401k, if you're a business owner, then you save it off of the gross because there's always more expenses uh, that, that are there at the end of the month or you create them. It's, it's something strange in the universe that you spend what you have in your pocket or in your bank account. And the challenge is, is most people, um, you know, in life period, whether it be exercise or investments or uh, financial success. Um, most people say I can't before they even try. And so we, we just set up a, a very systematic process and it's a strange phenomenon. It it always works. Everybody has money to save. They just have to save first. And if someone wants to schedule a free consultation with you, how do they do it and wh- what do they get if they do it? Well, if you, to, all you have to do is uh, go to our website and you can do it there, uh, um, hoodcpas.com or send me an email, paul at hoodcpas.com. And we'll give you a free hour of time. Uh, well, you know, it's, 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 we do as much as little as our clients want us to do. And I, really, I think one of the first things we do is we get a hold of this Warren Buffett book. Uh, send me an email, paul at hoodcpas.com. We'll get it right out to you. Uh, start reading it, and, and then gives us something a lot to talk about. Now, Ryan Myers, you at Outlaw Customs, if, I was gonna, if, we were, if you were going to teach all the listeners how to put an auto wrap on a vehicle, can you kind of walk us through the steps? We want somebody brings in the vehicle and they've agreed on the artwork, what are the steps that you have to do behind the scenes to put the wrap on the vehicle and to make it look sharp? Yeah, so I tell people that a vehicle wrap is like watching sausage being made. You love sausage. Sausage tastes delicious, but you don't really want to see it being made, and that's the process with the vehicle wrap. So you bring your vehicle in. We're going to take it apart. We're going to take the mirrors off. We're going to take the headlights and taillights out. We're going to take away everything that we can off that vehicle. You grind it all up? 
so that we can grind it up and put it in a casing. <laughs> and uh, No, so, so that we can then apply the wrap. So then after we get all the accessories off of it, we're going to clean it to surgical cleanliness. We're going to use isopropyl alcohol, get every little drop okay, of time out, off Okay, time out, because this is where I want to dig in. Okay. Previous to knowing you, I have paid multiple companies to auto-wrap vehicles. Sure. And you do what to clean the vehicle to a surgical level of cleanliness? Yeah, we're going to go over every square inch of that thing with isopropyl alcohol. Isopropyl remove, alcohol? Yeah, it removes all the wax. You're making that the, up. All the, all the stuff. We go through a tremendous number of bottles of now, isopropyl alcohol. Now, <laughs> here's what I want to throw out. It's crazy. Is if you didn't do that and you just washed it, yeah. would anybody know? Well, they wouldn't immediately know, but they would know in a year or two when the, the it starts bubbling up in areas where it shouldn't. And that's what happened to me with the auto wrap company in the past. Right. And I know somebody who worked there, and they pointed out to me, yeah, we kind of, when we get busy, sometimes we'll skip steps. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I'm talking about, the battle within. Is it? It's what do you do when no one's watching? And if you're self-employed, here's the crazy jump you just made. You now don't have the management layer holding you accountable. Because when you work for a boss, if they're a good boss, they're going to what? Be on you. And this is what I hear all the time. I, I, I hear small business owners say, the reason why I started my business is I don't want to be micromanaged. So then you start a company and you don't micromanage your people. Every successful company I have ever seen, Target, Starbucks, Southwest Airlines, there is an intense level of micromanagement going on. <laughs> There has to be. Otherwise, planes would crash. I mean, when they fill up the, 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 uh, the jet with gas, they don't just say, all right, Gary, did you fill it up? And like, I'm pretty sure I did. No, there's like checklists. There's systems. They actually have to talk to the air traffic controller to verify what airspace they're flying in, uh, into and out of. It's not casual. And casualness is what causes casualties. And so if you're listening today and your business is drifting and you're not getting anything done, it's because you're allowing your subconscious mind to rule the day. Well, here's a little secret. Your subconscious mind does rule the day. So we're going to teach you when we come back how to motivate your subconscious mind, how to feed your mind positive things so that by default, you always do the right thing because you feel this deep internal pressure to do the right thing because you programmed your mind to be that way on the daily. My name is Clay Clark. You listen to the Thrive Time Show on the radio. If you have not yet auto-wrapped your car, what better way to say I love you than with the gift of an auto-wrap? Go to Outlaw Customs and check it out. It's Outlaw Customs. Check, check, check it out. Stay tuned. Live, local, get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Now, joining us inside the box that rocks, we have Miss Jessica. Jessica, how are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? Uh, well, I am excited to see you, and you are raising awareness for a great cause. Tell us about yourself, as, and tell us about this cause. So, um, I am a, a community outreach coordinator within our um, outreach program called Eagle Ops. And Eagle Ops. Yes, and if you want to find out more information about our outreach program, you can go to eagleops.info, and 
What we are doing is we are, have paired up with the local DAV, Disabled American Veterans, to run their um, DAV 5K this November 4th. And if you want to find out more information about it, you can go to DAV5K.org. We are trying to um, create the largest team in the nation, so we need people to sign up and register. Now, you uh, married a guy who served in the Marines. Is that correct? That is correct. Were you in the military as well? I was not. I just was married to a Marine. <laughs> well, I'm gonna wa- I want to get your take on this. And I, I, I just because you're, you're married to a Marine, so I just want get, to get your... Um, take on this. A, f- a very good friend of mine served in the Army. He was very, very high up. Mm-hmm. And he. And we were talking today about battling, winning the battle within your mind. That's what we're talking about. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about winning the battle within your mind. And when he was in the Army, before he enlisted, he was not a disciplined person. So he would not get up early, uh, wouldn't really work out, right. uh, wasn't really intense about anything. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, the reason why I'm enlisting is because I feel like I need discipline in my life. So probably seven years later, six years later, when I sat down with him again after he was getting out, I said, what time do you wake up today? He's like, five. And I said, what did you do? Hit the gym. What did you do next? This. And I'm like, I don't even know the guy. Have you found that with Jonathan when he came back, is he still in that Marine mind or was he, I mean, did you know him before he was in the Marines? I did. I did. He's always been very motivated. So that's, I mean, a little bit different, but He, uh, afterwards, definitely very regimented, and it sticks with him. He's been out 14 years now, and it sticks with him, definitely. Well, here's one of the things that I, I heard from my buddy. He was telling me, he said, the big, one of the biggest adjustments for him of coming back into, the, into civilian life is he says, so many people don't have a purpose, and they just drift around. They have no plans, and there's nothing, there's no game plan, there's no intensity, there's no diligence. And so he's, he went through probably four or five jobs before he found one that he could stick at, because he's like, the people around me are so lazy. He's yeah. like, in the military, if I didn't want to run my, uh, you know, his, his commander would just basically let him know it's not an option. And, uh, you know, and then so you just get things done. Right. But in, in the civilian world, I think our culture is so coddled now. Does he, does he, does that, does it bother him at all, the work ethic of the typical person? Or I don't want to yes. throw him under the bus on the radio show, but does the <laughs> lack of work ethic bother him? It really does. It really does. <laughs> really? Well, this is one thing I've discovered with top entrepreneurs is that every top entrepreneur has a work ethic where they just get stuff done. And it's because they have found a way to win the battle of the mind. They, but they found a way to convince themselves on a daily basis what needs to be done, and they do it. Now, here's where we're going to teach you. We're going to teach you the different parts of the mind, okay? Part, part number one of the mind is the part where we watch TED Talks. It's the prefrontal cortex. Without this, we would all be ruled by impulses and desires. We wouldn't have an ability to think about future consequences. But the subconscious mind is what allows us to laugh at a joke. So when someone says something that's funny or not funny, um, we as a human, unless you've taught yourself how to give courtesy laughs, you'll just give somebody uh, the kind of look of like, oh, and then you realize, oh, I'm supposed to laugh now. And then you, you it's, so it's like it's the part of the brain that makes you cry when something bad happens. It's the part of the brain that... Um, makes you sincerely feel sad when, when a loss happens. It's, it's the part of the brain that says, I want ice cream. Right? I, I, I know I'm on a diet, but I'll, I'll start that tomorrow because I'm going to have ice cream right now. It's, it's the part of the brain that says, I'm going to quit smoking after I buy another pack of cigarettes. It, it's, it's the, it's the, and that's the part of the mind that rules most people. And successful people have found a way to beat that area of their mind, the subconscious mind. And so I'm going to walk you through specific moves and uh, s- situations of where you could see the prefrontal cortex winning or the subconscious mind. 
Okay? So one is just asking the question, Paul Hood, how am I complicit in creating the conditions that I say I don't want? How am I to blame or to credit to, for where I am right now? Well, the, the mind is the weakest muscle on the body, and, and it's weird how we all have that negative self-talk or, oh, it's okay, it hurts, stop doing that, or, you know, you really, you know, you remember what all grandma or this person or that person said. And, you know, a winner doesn't make excuses, just fights through, and they focus on the rewards versus uh, the effort. And so, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he says the, the last three reps is where the growth is. The problem is, is most people quit before those last three reps. And here's what I have found, is that if you are somebody who believes you have the capacity to change your life because you're accepting that you are today, you got here because of what you do, then you won't blame things like politics, right. weather, uh, family, uh, luck, and genetics for where you are. No excuses. So that's why, like George Washington Carver, who was born into slavery, didn't even know his birthday, didn't know his real name, um, why he went on to become a very successful botanist, and botanist, and he basically helped completely um, rejuvenate the African American farming because they had depleted their soil of all the nutrients, and he studied the peanut and the sweet potatoes in a way that allowed his people to totally replenish the nutrients in the land. But he could have just complained that, hey, I didn't have any formal education, and hey, I didn't, I didn't grow up with that with, with a father. Hey, I don't, I didn't even know my own name. But instead, he took control of his own destiny. The second example of this would be like writing a thank you card just to be nice. That's something that you'd have to do if you're being thoughtful and strategic. But then making the time in your schedule to actually do it or saying, I'm not going to eat that food anymore, that would require you saying no. But then the subconscious mind would say, I'm not going to write that letter, and let's just go have some more cake. So I, I want to <laughs> walk you through this because, Ryan, you've been self-employed for a long time. Yes. Um, has it ever been hard for you to motivate yourself? I mean, because I think a lot of people, I mean, eight out of ten business owners go out of business. They fail. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, I see it just because they refuse to make the hard decisions. Yeah, I think that um, I may be unique in this because I have to do it every single day. So I wake up in the morning, uh, and that's the, that's, that's the first thing I do. I motivate myself. And I have to do it constantly So because my brain is weak. And uh, so my, my back is strong, and so I just get up and do it. Well, there's the book called The Magic of Thinking Big. But he talks about in the book there that your mind is what the mind is fed. And so I am very intentional about taking the first hour of my day to feed my mind positive things. I do it every single day. So I listen to T.D. Jakes while I'm taking a shower, and I listen to an audio book while I'm getting ready. I do it every single day. Someone says, every day? Yeah, just on the days I don't want to have a bad day. Because I know that I have to take a shower every day, or I'm going to start to smell weird. And I also need to motivate myself every day. Because when I get into the work day, there's so much adversity as an entrepreneur or as a father, as a parent trying to raise kids in today's world. Uh, you've just got to get yourself coached up in the morning because if not, you're going to drift. And so I'm asking you today, what are you going to do on a daily basis beginning tomorrow morning? What are you going to do on a daily basis to motivate yourself? When we come back, I kind of want to get into the routines of, of Paul Hood, uh, how you get yourself motivated. You're a big workout guy. I want to get your feedback on how you do that because I think a lot of people – you know, you're a 50-year-old accountant, and it looks like you're in the best shape of your life, and I'd love to pick your brain on how you do it and really what steroids you're taking. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. My name is Clay Clark. We don't advocate steroids, but we do have a curiosity as to how Paul Hood looks so good. Paul, are you 52 right now? I'm 50 years old. I'm 50 years old. I mean, you're a little bit younger than Z. Both of you guys are looking good. Try some in the water. Stay tuned. myself a cheerleader. She is always right there when I need 
still remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights way up before, and your arms just wrapped right around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belong. And I, I had a feeling I could be someone. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. Today we're talking about winning the battle within. And if you've ever uh, believed that you could be someone, um, I guarantee you can. But I'm also telling you that by default, if you don't start to dramatically live differently, it won't happen. So one of my biggest um, frustrations or, or struggles or um, I guess it's not even a frustration because I've kind of let it go. And I don't think if it's a it's just it's just, I guess, my realization was that when you get to the top, it's alone up there. It's low, and that, but it's not lonely. There's just very few people up there. So I'll give you an example. Um, I went to a workshop years ago, and the guy was teaching how to get to the top of Google. And I remember he was teaching. He says, well, one of the things you have to do is you have to produce the most content. And at the time, um, the DJ company wasn't very big, and I had about six guys, and I realized that I'm going to have to write them all. So I thought, okay, when am I going to do it? And I realized, uh, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to do it. And my current schedule, I work uh, you know, pretty much from 7 a.m. to 5, 7 a.m. to 6 every day. And so I'm going to have to find time. So I told Vanessa, I'm going to set my alarm every day for 2 a.m., and I'm going to go to bed at 9, and I'm going to write articles for the first five hours of the day, every day. And then when I got to the top of Google, and DJ Connection became a multi-million dollar business, uh, people say, how'd you do it? And I'd like to say it was luck. And I'd like to say, well, I surrounded myself with people smarter than myself. I'd like to say, oh, well, it was my family and everybody. I'd like to say it was God, it was the church, it was my neighbors, it was the support of the community. But it wasn't. It was me waking up at 2 and choosing to write articles every day so that I could get to the top. And I got to the top as a result of sacrifice. Now, what did I trade off? I traded off a lot of things. And I had to work out on the weekends instead of during the day. And I had to trade off a lot of stuff. And now that I'm married... Um, a lot of times dudes ask me, they'll say, hey, dude, you want to go up to the Summit Club and hang out, you and me and the dudes? And then I say, uh, roll call. If you're divorced, put your hand up. And then all their hands go up. Great. I'm not going with you guys. And so I don't go because that's why I've stayed married is I don't go to places with single men. Uh, I just don't do it. And so I know that it's harsh and it's, it's about trade-offs. And so the question I would have for you, Paul Hood, is you're in great shape. Uh, you you stay in great shape. In any room you're in, you're one of the most in shape people. But I know you've got to make some trade-offs. So what's going on in your head? What kind of trade-offs are you making? You're 50 years old. Uh, so t talk to us about the trade-offs, the mindset. How do you do it? Well, I, uh, I have three sons that uh, walk around my house when they're over there with no shirts on and they're Aww. all rippling muscles. And, and I just, you know, I, I, I got to compete. I got to stay right there with them. Okay. So, so I, I, you know, I can't do that. No, well, I, I was taught um, as far as um, uh, raising my, my kids, um, if I want them to do X, I got to do 10 times X. They're going to duplicate me. And so I get up every morning right around six o'clock and, and it's a good 45 minute to an hour workout. And so I give up some sleep. Um, I, um, but, but I like the results. Um, I, I also compete with myself. I got a story for you. I uh, don't like to run. I hate to run. I ran a marathon. I have a quick question because the listeners want to know these things. Do you have a trainer or do you go by yourself? I uh, have a, uh, I don't have a, an actual trainer. Yeah. I have a client, a good friend of mine, 
uh, Charles Kolaw yeah. up in Bartlesville, Kolaw's Fitness, and he kind of guides me a little bit. So Charles Kolaw guides you through this. That's correct. And you were saying that you don't like to run. Yeah, I hate to run, um, but uh, I saw somebody with a sticker on their car, and I, they have a sticker. I want a sticker, a 26.2 sticker. So uh, talking about being motivated and fighting with yourself at about mile 20, um, I'm ready to quit. You ran a marathon? Yes, I ran a marathon. It's oh, I you're hated it. you're you're bad. I hate you're it. You're bad to the bone. Yeah, I know. I hated it. That's impressive. But you know what? It was it was a very humbling experience. I probably won't ever do it again. What was humbling is at mile twenty. Yeah. Is this lady past me? I she had to be one hundred and ten. This lady one hundred and ten. She's like, excuse me, sweetheart. Yeah, skid over. Yeah. So I felt like you know she she just blew by me. Oh man. And so I said, well, I can't quit now because my kids are going to be there and they're going to see. It's always hundred. tough when the person with the walker with the tennis balls on the bottom of it passes you just blew by me at the marathon i literally there, there was people <laughs> on wheelchairs that were passing me so i had to go okay now ryan how long have you been married now i've been married for 23 years now here's here's one thing about you i've, I've noticed i'm gonna pick on this because you are a really committed family guy yes. you're always talking about i'm taking my kids here we're going there we're doing this we're grilling that sure you're really committed i am now we're not going to mention any names but okay. you know of some dudes that you have uh you know grown up with been around whatever and they have not made certain trade-offs to keep their marriage where it is. And you have made certain trade-offs. So talk to me about the trade-offs that you've made you know, to make your marriage successful. And maybe, you know what I mean? Because I think there's someone listening. Because I, I think what happens is we want to have a great marriage. We want to have a great uh, workout. We want to be in great shape. We want to have great money, great success. But no one wants to make any trade-offs at all. Talk to me about the whole marriage thing. Because you seem like a happily married man. Or at least you're tricking me into believing you. Hey, are. thank you. I'm glad that I'm giving you that impression because I absolutely am. So I'm, I'm more in love with my wife than I ever have been. And every day I thank God for her. And so, But there, but there are sacrifices. She makes a lot more than I do, obviously. But there are, are sacrifices that you make, but decisions that you make every single day. And those are to do the right things and not do the wrong things. Hang out with people that you want to be, um, to, to, to look at as, as mentors. And, uh, and, and so I do that. So I try to surround myself with people that are also successful, happily married. They see time commitment, and, and part of that time commitment is to their family. Now, here we're, we're talking today about winning the battle within. We're talking about the struggle to beat the part of your mind that wants to drift every day. Some people might call it Satan. I might call it <laughs> Satan. I don't know. You can call it what you want. But here's, here's, here's an example. This is me being an idiot, but this is what I did. I used to go to church once a week, and when I would go, I was pumped. I would stay pumped until about Tuesday. Jessica, I was good till about, you know, Wednesday. So you go on Sunday. By Wednesday, I'm still opening the door for people. You know, oh, my gosh, yes, yes, I will open the door. Yes, yes, it's so good to see you, too. Yeah, turning the other cheek, people saying horrible things to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see your point. I'm just Captain Positive. Then by about Thursday, I'm like, Clay, why, why, why are you bringing the musket to work? I'm like, just in case. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with that spear? And I would just start to get pretty salty, you know? And I remember this happening, but I went to church one time, and I went to church, and I, I pulled out of the parking lot of the church, and a guy cut me off, and I extended the middle finger to him, in the parking lot, on the way out. Oh, my gosh. Because it wore off that fast. Well, the, the parking lot negates the finger, though. And so the guy cuts me. I mean, it's pretty aggressive, but it's on Memorial. He cuts me off pretty aggressive. And he's just, like, coming at And, I, you know, first it's, like, fight or flight, you know, so I'm trying to make sure we don't get hit, T-boned, whatever. And then I, he sped up into me, you know. But it's not acceptable behavior for me to give the guy a middle finger. But I did it because I, I was uh, operating in my subconscious mind. Well, now I pretty much listen to, to T.D. Jakes, like, every morning while getting ready. And so now it's more of, like, a daily thing. So I think that my natural pull, my, it pulls me to not do it. 
So the other day, very, very happy, very happy about myself here recently. I was at the Jinx Riverwalk here, and a guy goes to cut me off. And my, 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 my subconscious, my um, instinct was to not give him the middle finger. It was almost like I was going, I want to wave at him. My hand came up, and I didn't, I didn't immediately. But I had almost like pre-programmed the hand and the extension of the middle finger. It was like a quick, like a knee-jerk move. And, I, and, I, and back, in, back in high school a little bit, um, one move I used to do is if you, if you bumped me or you in any way insulted me, I'm going to throw a haymaker. Like that was like my move. It was just, and I didn't have to like really think about it. It wasn't like a big, like, oh, my gosh, is there a fight? I'm just going to sucker punch you knock, to get, get, get knocked out. Because so, I feel like if you're going to try to intimidate me, it's on. So how many girls did you hit in high school? Uh, no ladies, um, but uh, it was a deal. Like, but I've had to teach myself these things. And I think everybody, if you're listening to this, maybe somebody here, every time you get stressed out, you just eat like four gallons of ice cream. That's your move. You're like, yeah, I'll take. Uh, I, I saw this here today. I was over at, uh, um, where were we at? We were at like Brahms or something. And you could tell some guy was like ultra ir- irritated. And he goes in there and he orders like, I'm, I'm not kidding. It was like, I don't even know what it was. Eight scoops, nine scoops. He comes out with this huge tub and you could tell that was his coping mechanism. And if we're being honest, we all have to find a way to cope with life and find a way to train our subconscious mind. So I want to ask you this, Ryan. How do you stay positive on the daily? I want to ask you this. I, Jessica, I want to ask you the same question as well. What do you do, Ryan? How do you stay positive on a daily basis? Well, Clay, I uh, truly I, I focus on the positives. I focus on the blessings that I've been given. And I, I grew up pretty poor and with, with grandparents that were crazy poor. I mean, they were... they. They were poor because they couldn't afford the R and poor, and so they would boil their shoes. They they didn't have shoes. They shared clothes. Mm. They I takes the humor right out of it. Then Ryan, they, they, and so so I, I focus on the blessings. And, and every time I think I'm feeling you know poor little old me, I think there are a thousand people that would trade places with me in a heartbeat. And any second of the day, there are a thousand people that would trade places with me. And I focus on that, and, and it keeps me positive. Now, we come back from the break. I want Jessica to, to share with us what she does on a daily basis to stay positive. Her and her husband own a business together. And I think it would be a great chance for you to share about what it's like to be you know, married to an entrepreneur and, and to be somebody who's growing a business. And then I'd also like for you to share with us a little bit about this cause. Because you're in, in a time when people are kneeling for the national anthem, she's standing up for the veterans and uh, it's, it's, a, it's outstanding to see people standing up for what's right. It's pathetic to see people kneeling for what's wrong. My name's Clay Clark. It's not a political show, but it's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And would the real patriots please stand up? Stay tuned. 